0: Due to adult language and content, this podcast may not be suitable for listeners under the age of 17. Listener's discretion is advised. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 3 of Let's Make Chat. Today's an important episode for two reasons. The first being this is the first full gaming episode on the channel, which is woo, yay, finally made it. Talked through all the bullshit, now we can do the gaming stuff. (laughs) And the second being we have our first guest on the show. He's a man who needs no introduction, but I'm going to give him one anyway. Anyway, He's a successful full-time content creator who you might know as your favorite family vlogger on YouTube and king of the potato aim as a partner on Twitch. I'm fortunate enough to know him as one of my best buds. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Clintus. Hey, buddy.
1: What's up? How's it going? How are you, man? I'm good. I'm honestly okay. No joke. I'm. I feel like I got hit by a truck. I just. I just started. <laughs> I just started going to the gym, and my upper, like my chest, my back, my arms, my shoulders, everything hurts, hurts. right now. I'm like, <laughs> ah. yeah. <laughs> And so today I was like, oh, I'm just going to do some cardio. And um, I had some homework to do for this mm-hmm. conversation. And so I was on like the elliptical for like 20 minutes. And then I went to do a bike for like 20, 30 minutes. But I wasn't paying attention to like how hard I was pushing. I was just like cranking it while I was watching these videos. Yeah. And I got off the bike and I almost fell down. I almost <laughs> collapsed. My legs were like, oh, <laughs> so now my legs are just as sore. I'm just like, oh,
0: made a mistake. You're taking tomorrow off. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Right. Tomorrow's a rest day, <laughs> right? <laughs>
0: Alright, cool. Well guys, we're going to be jumping in to talk about Anthem. Anthem is a new um, online-only MMO coming from EA and BioWare. It is going to be in the same looter-shooter genre as some of the top, you know, Destiny, uh, Warframe, Borderlands. You know, it shares a lot of the same thematic elements, and I think those are things we're going to be getting into in a little bit. But let's just talk about, so Clint, I gave you some homework, you, you watched it. Um, give me just kind of like your overall impressions before we jump in. I know we talked a little bit about this offline, but like, just kind of go.
1: Yeah. So, uh, obviously Anthem has been announced for a while. We've seen some trailers and some footage, um, you know, uh, almost a year ago. And I've kind of always been just kind of like, eh, whatever. Like I'll wait till we get closer. I'm not usually a big fan of like hype and like, I see a trailer like, oh my God, it's going to be so awesome. Like, you know, I don't watch the E3 stuff and, and like it. Like I don't go pre-order stuff like a year in mm-hmm. advance. I I'm just not that kind of gamer or, right. or, or person. Um so Anthem's always been that thing that's kinda like, okay, well, we'll see. Like it kind of looks like this game. It sounds like this game, but I'll wait till I actually get a chance to, you know, see some actual gameplay and or get a chance to play it. Mm-hmm. Um I go to I go to different conferences and, and sometimes they have, you know, demos and stuff to play on. I have yet to play it. Um, I wasn't part of the the test or any of that stuff. Um, and I haven't been fortunate enough to be invited to any, any kind of uh, gameplays. So it, it's literally just been kind of like what I've seen on Twitter or been talked about from people like yourself. Mm-hmm. And I know in the last probably month, it seems like the hype meter has been like cranked big time. Um, everyone's been talking about it. IGN has been doing their fir- first looks. And um, it wasn't until just maybe... A week ago or two weeks ago, you shared something with me, and I watched it. and I was like, "Wow, that's really cool. That actually makes a lot more sense." And they've been doing live streams and catching that to try and get again some more info, like how's the loot, how's this. Mm-hmm. Fast forward to today, a, I might have I have a much broader picture of like what this game looks up and appears to be like, and I'm definitely digging the vibe. Yeah. Um, the the open space of like walking into like their version of the tower, um, picking up missions. It's cool that that's a first person view. I like that that's a first person view and that like um, then when you go into your javelin, that's when you go to the third person. Because the third person, you know, is kind of a turn off because like, I like first person shooters primarily. Right. But much like Warframe or The Division, this game obviously requires that third person because of the maneuvers you're going to be doing and mm-hmm. the things you're going to be doing uh, It just wouldn't really work in a first person view. So um, you've got me incredibly interested and I cannot wait to play the demo, uh, to really get a feel for like, okay, is it, is it, does it feel as good as it looks mm-hmm. and is it going to have the fun and replayability that I, I crave in a video game?
0: Absolutely. And that's, that's next week. Demo number one next really? week. Yeah.
1: Oh my gosh. Next Friday.
0: Okay. We're closing in
1: hype <laughs> I'm very excited
0: yeah i I am kind of the opposite uh I finally well I was the same way as you for a while and I just didn't see any footage so I just didn't really it wasn't in the forefront of my mind well I finally I caught up I don't know maybe two months ago when I finally got the chance to catch up on the dev streams and that was the first time you saw any like lengthy gameplay and really uh, more detail around how the game actually functions and you know the various javelin classes and it, it was at that point that my attention was hooked because I'm in I'm in a weird spot right now with 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 shooters in general, but with games that I need something new to really like sink my teeth into. Um, you know, I, I've kind of progressed really really far in Warframe. Um, I'm almost mr 20 at this point. Uh, Destiny. I'm you know doing doing the daily grind, of getting my power up, but they, but I can still do like most of the endgame stuff. So there's not a whole lot of new chase. It's more just like repetition and you know the typical loot grind um Mm -hmm. same thing with the division division is going to be phasing out soon as we move into the division two in march um so i'm i'm in a weird place where like i want something that to kind of take that main slot because nothing right now fits it you know like i don't have a single game that i'm like okay i'm really drawn to that game's lore and that game's play style and that game's combat and their customization um None of it really like I have one whole game that kind of encompasses that. Like if I want those different things, I have to play different games.
1: Sure, and I yeah. want
0: I want something with a little bit more a little bit more of kind of all of that. And I really feel like, you know, as
1: much as you can with what you. I can definitely, with, with I can definitely get that. Um, yeah, I I think Anthem is going to fit multiple bills. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think until we actually get our hands on it, we're not really going to know like what to compare it to because people compare it to destiny yep. people compare it to monster hunter world people compare it to the division mm-hmm. um you know and, and to your point i think it it shares it grabs little pieces of each of those yeah it has it has
0: elements and
1: all uh what was it Destin, i think said it best um anthem is not necessarily going to kill any one of these games but it, what it will do is it'll highlight what those games do well mm-hmm. and what they do those games do poorly
0: yep yeah I think that's exactly the case and I think those those same people who play a little bit of destiny and a little bit of division a little bit of warframe uh, will find element like elements within each of that that they like that will bring in different audiences and actually it's funny that you bring up the like killing destiny because that's one of my favorite things that I see on like reddit or YouTube content is that oh it's just another destiny clone or it's a destiny killer or it's a warframe killer and what most people don't realize is anthem was in development before destiny anthem is wow really the anthem has been in development for now closing in on on eight years wow so bioware has gone through a lot of changes at that point a lot of people left the project the project evolved significantly from then um but anthem was in development before or at the starting point would have been very very close to when destiny was first in development so the the reality is everybody's like well it's just another destiny clone but it was in production and in development the same time it's just releasing significantly later
1: yeah and that honestly that's crazy to think about because that right there proves for one reason or another that like games take a long time to develop yep like new ips new worlds new you know new things take a long time um and you know people like to give Bungie crap about destiny and like the the cycle of like creating new content and it's like you know on one hand people complain that we don't get enough new content it's like a lot of recycled right. bases and worlds and and you know guns and armor and then on another hand it's like give us new stuff faster mm-hmm. and it's like you can't have both it's either it's either you you know you want something new every week well cool you're gonna get a recycled painted repainted gun or armor piece in the same map that you've been playing for the last six months mm-hmm. or you get nothing for a year and then you get this whole brand new you know thing
0: right you, get a ton, you, get, you, I, you can have a lot of dope shit but it's going to take some time and you got to be patient with it or you could have you know really really quick repetition methods and the reality is when you're on a game model like destiny is you just can't do that with the way like financially the game works you know, exactly. it's not—it's not a true MMO like WoW or you know the others where you're paying a monthly subscription that's constantly going into that live service. Because mm. um, if you think about it, like yes, you've paid for your game, and that's kind of like well, instead of paying for six months of that live service, I paid for the game. Well, that's true, but the reality is some of those WoW players have been, have been paying for you know ten years. They've been paying fifteen bucks a month or whatever it is for their subscription versus the one sixty dollars you spent and you think you're entitled to the same. It that that mindset of the entitled gamer always tends to drive me nuts when it comes to like live games because they don't well, progress the same way.
1: Exactly. That's a great point. I mean, you buy a game for $60 and here you go. You take it off the shelf and that's it's, it's in a box. That's it. Right. So yep. you put it in, you play the campaign, you know, you play a good maybe 50 to 70 hours. Mm-hmm. If a, an insane game maybe is like 100, 120, mm-hmm. but then you beat the game and you're done. Yep. That's it.
0: Well, and- for example, is Titanfall 2. Typefall 2 was yeah. a fantastic story. I loved it. I played it a few times through just because I think uh, combat-wise, it's one of my favorite first-person shooters from a from a combat standpoint. Uh, it, the, it looked gorgeous. You know, the gameplay was fantastic. But it was a campaign game. The multiplayer didn't take off. Nobody really played it. Um, so, you know, that $60 that I spent on that was, you know, for, I don't know, let's say if I've got maybe 30 hours in it. if I took my time with it and played the campaign twice, say it took 15 hours each run, which is definitely not the case, but right. like, let's say I got 30 hours out of that optimistically for $60 versus something that's a live game where before I hit that point where I'm like, I don't have any other shit to do. You know, now you're at a hundred, 200, 500 hours. And the fact that those comparisons get made drives me bonkers.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I and I think that's the thing that people forget about. They look at Destiny as a open world MMO RPG mm-hmm. style game, but
0: they want to treat it like, we a camp, like a regular game.
1: Well, we don't pay for that. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. We don't we don't pay for that yep. kind of game. But that's the game that they want. That's and the when we expect. do have
0: to pay for it with things like DLC or an annual pass, people shit the bed. Yeah. Like, oh, what do you mean I got to spend more money? I bought the game. What more do you want? Like, well studios are expensive and i hate to break it to you destiny fans uh now that bungie's no longer being financially backed by activision you're probably gonna see some more microtransactions microtransactions dlc content if you want the game to live if you want it to continue to evolve you gotta pay for what you get and i think that people are really bad about having to to pay for things that they want for free
1: (laughs) oh yeah Um, yeah we were talking about that we were talking about that yesterday um and someone broke down like you know just real quick, just quick math, right? We mm-hmm. have, Bungie has a thousand employees. Let's just say the average employee in Seattle makes like ninety grand. Mm-hmm. That's like that's like five million a month. Yep, or about five million a year. You know, yeah. something like that. Yeah, like they, you know, they, they 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 spit out some number. They did the quick math in their head. It was like you need that just for salaries. That's not including lights and and production stuff and mm-hmm. equipment and you know. <laughs> All the other things that require a game to be developed. marketing,
0: advertising, PR that right there is yep. you're to probably talking another, you know, half a million dollars in just that material. Yep. yep. Okay. All right. Let's hop into some of the more specifics. Uh, let's start with so, an overview for those of you who haven't seen Anthem. Anthem is. You have your typical MMO-style classes. In this case, you are a pilot. You're a freelancer. Um, So you're one person, and you pilot multiple classes of javelins, which are exosuits that give you different types of superpowers within the environment uh, based on which class you're using uh, that allows you to survive this kind of treacherous, um, like, half-finished world. So you've seen the different classes, Clint. What, um which one does any one of them gravitate to you more what do you think of them in general what do you think about the the verticality and the movement mechanics to go around with combat how do you feel about all that
1: well i mean right away (laughs) the first one that grabbed me was storm uh it's it's space magic man it's literally it's it's the reason why i made a warlock Mm -hmm. uh, because when like i read the descriptions of the three classes in destiny you know the glass cannon uh, space wizard. Even the picture of him standing there holding the ball of void. Yep. You know. Oh, I mean, that, that
0: iconic Destiny One poster with he's got yeah. the, the utility belt and he's just holding that 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 Nova bomb.
1: Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Like that. Like that's mm-hmm. it. So for me, the storm I- I embodies that. Yeah, um, so much. Right. You hover. You've got like this force field around you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you command like the elements, even you're like, you're you're super or whatever it's the called. ultimate it's, where do you drop in ultimate. the different
0: elemental. Yeah,
1: yes. Three bombs, uh-huh. right? It's like electric ice and, and fire. And you're I, yeah. So that right there was the first thing that grabbed me. Um, but all three of them are very unique. And I said this right before we started. There isn't one that I'm like, oh, I'll never touch that one. Mm-hmm. Like, there's not that one yep. class. Like, like in Destiny 2, Hunter is my least favorite. It's the one that I play the least. Mm-hmm. I only play it when there's a power grind and I need that extra power to squeeze. Um, or if I'm trying to go for, like, some kind of triumph or milestone. But right. um, so far, just from the looks and watching the videos, I'm not turned off by any of them. Though, obviously, they'll have a succession of, like, the one that I play the most. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, even the big tanky colossus, like, you know, like looks cool with this with his his cannon on his shoulder and his flamethrower, and Mm -hmm. you know, so um, it looks very cool. The fact that you are, you know, constantly flying around um, the the uh, interceptor and the ranger, Mm -hmm. correct? Yeah, those two, like the way that they fly, you know, you look like Iron Man. You Mm -hmm. do spins and you do these dashes. um, You know, that's that. I think that's going to become the iconic when you think of anthem that's what you're gonna think of you're gonna yeah. think of like this flying around um oh, what was the what was the A- avatar world called um oh yeah uh, what's it oh, what's it called um pandora but but like that's what it looks like it looks like yeah. you're flying around in the avatar movie yes. as iron man and yep. it's like it's so awesome and then you can jump in the water and um you, you can know fly I, I watched I, said, I watched multiple videos and you know the AOE and mm-hmm. the different element types and how they talk about how like when you burn something it's more susceptible to damage and mm-hmm. you can have combos and um it definitely definitely the combat definitely intrigues me yeah. um the fact that it's going to be most of it in the air um is different than i think than than a lot of uh games that we play like mm-hmm. you know you look at something like the division it's all on the ground cuz it's very like you know it's modern a cover shooter yeah, Right. Yeah. duck and cover, exactly, which I love about The Division. I, mm-hmm. I praise same. it all the time. I wish that um, other Ubisoft games would have the same duck and cover system. Um, I liked, uh, what was that, Tom Clancy's uh, Ghost Recon Wildlands? Yeah. I enjoyed that game, but there was no duck and cover system. You just had to duck, literally just duck behind something. Right. So if you wanted to go from cover to cover, you had to kind of just do it in free, free mode. Mm-hmm. And I like The Division's like, you know, let me hold this button down and run and cover, you know?
0: Yep, and that's one thing um, that they've actually talked about is... Um, some people were asking about changing shoulder view on your uh, your javelin while you're in combat, and that's not something you can do. You are locked to that shoulder view specifically for the facts because the game isn't a cover shooter. Mm. So so they asked um, on Twitter, uh, Ben Irving and Michael Gamble are the two lead producers. Um, they've been nonstop answering questions, you know, hours in every day um pretty much since the first live stream and that was one of the questions that came up was you know can we change that viewpoint of shifting you know over left shoulder to right shoulder and the response was no because this isn't a cover shooter and i think that that was something people tend to expect especially from bioware because mass effect combat is similar uh mass effect takes a lot of advantage of a lot of cover shooting um and it it's not going to be that And i think that that's going to be an interesting um mechanic i'm i'm with you 100 i really like the verticality of combat I'm big on, like, movement-based combat. Obviously, I'm a big Warframe player. Um, I love that twitchy um, additional, like, dimension to combat when it's not just up and down or left and right now. It's forward and backward because you've got that, that hover mechanic. You've got that flight mechanic. Um, I think it's going to be very interesting. I am, as well, gravitating towards the Storm. I like the fact that, you know, its abilities are elemental-based, uh, the ultimate, which drops three different AOE elemental bombs, a fire, lightning, and ice, while dropping a meteor on top of it, is just like visually incredibly cool. Um, and I like the fact that it can stay in the air the longest, because to me, like the thing that draws me to anthem is that that vertical combat, that that flight system that other games don't have. So I want to take advantage of that as much as possible. So the fact that the storm kind of gives you that um, that ability a little bit more than some of the others. Uh, I think is really really cool so like the Colossus has the least amount of airtime because it's the tanky like giant bulky armor like it makes sense that it would overheat which we'll get to in a minute Um, and then you know the Ranger is kind of your all-purpose DPS like it has the most variety uh, but it's going to be used for the most like single target damage. And then the Interceptor is your your stealth, your rogue class. Um, it's get in, melee, get out. You've got a triple dodge, which is cool. You're you're flipping and flying all over the place. The Interceptor is actually the one that reminds me, I think, of Warframe the most. In terms oh, of the definitely. fact that it's the jumpy, twitchy, you know, slide in, melee, get out. Whereas the others, um, melee is not even unlimited. You can't immediately melee one after you do the other. They have a, re- a quick recharge. They are... It is quick. It's not like a thirty second cooldown or anything. It's you know probably two seconds before you can use it again, but they all have cooldowns with the exception of the interceptor because that's the interceptor's thing. Like it's the melee class.
1: Um, yeah. So
0: I definitely think that, that that verticality, that additional layer of combat is going to be really cool, and that's one of the other pieces kind of leading into that flight mechanic that I really like of the fact that 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 ability is based on the environment. So your 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 javelin is you know it's hand built by you know this. Slightly less advanced civilization, but also slightly more civiliz- uh, more advanced, so there's no mass production. There's no, um, like, circuit board production like we have in modern society. You know, they hand-build these more like blacksmiths as opposed to, you know, like in an, in a distributor. So they, th- they do things like they overheat, and in order to cool them down, you have to fly through a waterfall or hop underwater and, you know, check out an underwater cave. Um, diving straight down because you'll be going it's you know you, you're pulling all these air Gs will cool you off and I think those interaction mechanics are really cool
1: yeah i i, I knew i uh, learned that today I didn't know that mm-hmm. um that if you fly down like a waterfall it cools your javelin yep if you go in the water like it like it the elements the the temperatures um uh change the fat how long you can fly and yep. how much how long you can use those abilities it's very very cool. And I think I also noticed uh, the Colossus like burned down a tree. And like, if I'm not mistaken, like he used a flamethrower and like it caught a tree on fire. And yes. I don't know if, if the tree like burned down and fell over or it just burned or but just the fact that like it wasn't just like a, you know, paintbrush just going over a canvas and nothing happened. It was right. Like, it, intera- actually... it was
0: interactive, like it yeah. was reacting to what you were doing in that moment. Yeah, yeah. I, I believe at one point they showed a footage of a storm using a lightning strike, and it's the same thing. It it burnt, it catches the tree on fire too. Um, so yeah. I I think that I don't know. I'm excited for the different for the different classes, and kind of like you, I don't see me not playing any of them. Um, so the way that unlocking works is you start the game, and this evolved between the alpha and the what's now the demo and then the, the what'll be the gold build. They talked about this a little bit on Reddit. The it used to be you started with the Ranger, and the Ranger was your first javelin and then from there, you know, as your your pilot levels up at different intervals you can unlock new um javelins and they've actually changed that so now you actually start the game and at least in the gold launch with a kind of the busted ass like predecessor to the javelin so it's an old one it doesn't really function as well it's basically a training module it's designed to teach you the flight mechanics it's designed to teach you combat and after you get to level two then you can unlock your first javelin and there's no requirements of what you unlock first so you have total control of, like, okay, cool. I played this for 15 minutes. I'm through the tutorial. I'm up to level two. I get to go unlock my first javelin. I'm gonna take storm or I'm gonna take colossus. It it doesn't matter which one you choose. You'll be basically presented with four options, four missions at that point that will give you various your your javelin choices.
1: That's cool. That the yeah, the options in the beginning I think are are important. Mm-hmm. Um, especially to to grab people in yeah. and get them get them hooked early. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have to progress through a story and it takes too long to get to, let's say you want the Colossus and the Colossus is the last one and unlocks. Right. You got to play this entire campaign before you can get to the one you want, mm-hmm. and then you feel like you want to run the campaign again just so you can use the javelin that you wanted. You
0: want to exactly, and I think that's that's been the problem, or at least you know I think I've seen that complaint with Destiny in terms of cool. I unlocked this new. Class, now I'm a hunter instead of a a titan, but now I've got to start all the way over again, and it's kind of like starting from zero, whereas your javelin doesn't level. You don't have leveling with your your specific class. Your pilot, your character is what levels, and your gear drops in the wild will scale based on your pilot, which is nice because if at level 16 you've got this, you know, decently powered-up storm, and then you go to unlock your interceptor and you pick up your interceptor, those new loot drops that are dropping in the wild are going to scale with your pilot level, allowing you to level up your interceptor faster. That's awesome. Yeah. So I, I'm very excited too about the, just the loot in general. Um, did you get a chance to, to watch any of the footage on like the actual, like the way loot and the the pieces work of the javelins themselves?
1: Um, I watched one where they, they had a Colossus up and they were showing like the different, you know, um slots, I guess. Mm-hmm. And they talked about how there's like common, uncommon, rare, yep. um, epic, epic, and then they were hinting at there's basically six rarities, um, rarities yep. but they were not that early in the vi- the stream in the video. They weren't talking about the last one or two. Yes. Um, so I don't know anything about that. I don't know what they're called. I don't know how they're acquired. So if, I don't know if, that, if that's shared knowledge or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they talk about I, it later. I, um, okay. So
0: your first four drops, these are the ones you're going to get relatively uh, easily in the wild. Um, so common, uncommon, rare, and epic and then you have Legendary and Masterwork are the two final ones. I think Legendary is the final one, if I'm correct. I actually have to look that up real quick because uh, I always get those two confused. And I think it's because I, I think it goes Masterwork and then Legendary. And I think I get okay. that confused because in Destiny, a Masterwork is the final version, right. whereas I actually think the Legendary is supposed to be um, the end result. But yeah, so there are okay. six rarities and those higher end pieces are going to come from your higher end content. Um, once you get through there, the, the main story, which is called your critical path, um, you know, this the end game activities open up and that's when those different those higher tier rarities are going to become more easily accessible.
1: Yeah, and that's the thing, too. I, I, I really like how they explained, you know, your your pilot is the one that's getting leveled up and that determines what gear you can use. It determines what activities you can do and then that determines what loot you get and he explained how you get this you know like auto rifle or this assault rifle um at a certain rarity and uh at a certain level and then as your pilot progresses you can get the same one at either a different power level or a different rarity like there's like there's multiple like drops that can come in um and then also the fact that like everything is is like lootable everything can be dropped in the wild. But then there's also like a recipes that you can get to create a weapon if you haven't gotten it to drop. So yes. you can get the recipe, go out, get the materials needed, and, and create, uh, craft it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like the fact that you have two different paths to get the loot you want, right? I'm, I'm a big fan of that. Um, I think that's a great model. Um, now, I, I never made it this far in, in the division. But I know there's crafting in the division. Could you craft an actual weapon, or could you just re-roll the weapon?
0: You could just re-roll it.
1: Okay, that's what I thought because I never seen I, I never actually crafted a weapon. I could just you know go to the crafting table, re-roll it. Yeah, you, you collected materials. You get you got the you know the different rarities of the materials um, to craft certain things. So I I just I wasn't sure if that was you know here's the recipe, here's the schematic, build this thing from scratch right. like Warframe style or if it was just a reroll. So, I believe cool that...
0: and and I got honestly I don't think I got that far in the division either, but I do believe to my knowledge it is just the crafting. You craft items that you use in combat and weapons all you can do is is reroll them or power them up. You can't build new weapons.
1: Okay. Yeah. So I
0: think that system will be more similar to Warframes. Um, in which you go out and you gather the necessary. Once you have the blueprint, um, which gives you kind of your your frame of the weapon. Or again in Destiny, it's you know it's building a frame and doing the forge. Um, once you've got your frame, then you know you've got to go out and, and get the materials you need, and then you can actually use uh, the forge in Anthem to create new weapons. And I did look it up. It is common, uncommon, rare, epic, masterwork, and then legendary.
1: Epic, masterwork, legendary. So okay, legendary is
0: your. So a legendary javelin your legendary storm would be the the highest ranking and your actual storm your javelin will get a title based on the combined total of your gear score and that works like light in destiny or you know gear score in division the sum of your items your 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 components your weapons all gives you that gear score and that will show you the combat that your um the the combat and the missions that you're most apt to be taking on in post game one of the things that is kind of unique about that, though, is that, let's say I played for 30 hours and you're 10 hours in, we can go out and play a mission together and all of the content will scale based on the two of us. So we'll Combined? take No, it's to relative. You. No, relative to, the, to each individual player. So you'll take oh. relative damage and do relative damage based on your level and I'll do relative damage and take relative damage based on my level
1: interesting so okay the, the idea how, does the, is that can, how does the world choose what level the enemies are
0: uh well it's based on the mission oh, okay so like the mission that you select will be a you know a certain tiered mission uh, and that will tell you basically how difficult it's going to be um but we can go into any mission together, even if I'm 30 hours in and you're five hours in and we can play those missions. You may not have the same amount of weapons or you might not have enough gear and it might be more difficult for you from that standpoint, but it's not going to be like if I jumped in now, which is something we can laugh about. Cause we've been, I've been trying to complete the damn forge and destiny for like two weeks now. Um, if I jump into it, I can't finish it because I can't do any damage. I can't, you know, it doesn't do any relative damage. I just do no damage and I take damage as if I was, you know, 600. It doesn't scale. So I think that that's nice that they've, they've built in a system that anybody can go in and play together in terms of that. It doesn't matter if you want to help if you want to help your new friend, um, go go for it. You can help them out and they'll take relative damage in your missions, but you, they're more likely to maybe get some better loot. So there I think there will be cool advantages to that.
1: Oh yeah, for sure, and i I think, I think we'll we'll see the Bioware version, right? We talk about Bungie, we talk about uh, you know Ubisoft, and we talk about these different uh, these different studios and how they do things. Right. It'd be interesting to see how Bioware's, BioWare's version of that all that stuff is.
0: Hmm. Yep, I agree, and that's I think that's one of the things that everyone in general is waiting to see is what is this going to look like because you have the people out there that are like this is. Um this is EA this is Bioware um you know what do you what do you think it's going to look like on that end and I do think that <laughs> I it's funny I, I see this in Twitter a lot you know the Bungie Bungie people and Destiny players are like oh I'll never touch this it's EA and I'm like with all the with all the problems that that game has had in terms of lack of communication, it had a very very Destiny Two had a very very rough first year in terms of you know the game was not in a great state, um, you know it t- patches take a while, big uh, you know live event changes take a while, you know I feel like it's it's a little bit unfair for anyone to say well I play Destiny but I can't touch or I'm I'm not gonna buy Anthem or play Anthem because it's EA knowing that you know. No, no dev is, is perfect in that situation. And I think that's kind of important to to talk about that, you know, you have to go into this, I think, with a little bit of an open mind. And I and honestly, I'm sure, you know, that's any time you pick up a new game and, and you don't know the studio or, you know, you haven't had great success with the studio. But I, I do think that that will be um, kind of interesting.
1: Yeah, well, and that's it's interesting you say that because one of the things I thought about was like EA is the publisher, right? BioWare is the company that makes the game. Just like Bungie makes Destiny and Activision is its publisher. And, you know, Bungie and Activision just recently uh announced that they're gonna be splitting up and Activision is no longer gonna be part of um the franchise. You know, part of the franchise. Yeah. Yep. But it's like we don't know exactly what influence Activision has on Bungie. Correct. Just like we don't know what influence EA has on um. On, on Anthem or mm-hmm. any of their products, right? We know there was a there was an issue with Star Wars Battlefront cool, Two. Yep. You could like power.
0: you had to pay for power, or it took you it was like a hundred hours to get the equivalent power of like spending twenty dollars. Like you spent twenty dollars, right. and you basically skipped a hundred hours in terms of power grind.
1: Right mm-hmm. now, I, this might be common knowledge. I don't know. I didn't read upon it, but like, do we know definitively that that was an EA call, an EA that decision? That was
0: definitively an EA decision.
1: See, there that right there makes that can that, you know, that's what puts the sour taste in everyone's mouth. Mm-hmm. When when that when when it's something as simple as uh, that can direct correlation to something like that. And that also goes to show that there is there's influence. Right? Absolutely. But we don't know until there's w- what, a debacle, until there's a problem that, that, that someone has to step up and say, Oh yeah, that was our our bad. Yes. Because what ends up happening is when something is you don't like, you look for someone to point the finger to. Right. And and you know for a video game it's the the studio and the publisher Mm -hmm. and whichever one you're looking you know whichever one feels like oh it's about money that means it's the the publisher oh it's about it's the gameplay or it's the it's the content it's the it's the studio yeah yeah and it's like you know we don't know exactly that the lines are drawn in these games so i don't know we'll see i think that anthem is probably going to have a better it's going to come out in a better place Mm -hmm. because of the bad uh vibe and the bad press that ea has um, because otherwise, you know, any of that like, I don't know, smell of EA on Anthem is going to give it a bad vibe. Everyone's going to be, like, oh, there's the EA part. There's this is the EA. This, this smells like EA because people people just talk about it all the time, right? That anti-EA, and um, I think Anthem or or BioWare, whichever you want to, however you want to put it, I think it, you know are, are trying really hard to you know distance themselves to that yes to say you know this is different we're not going to do this you know they've mm-hmm. talked about they're not going to have loot boxes um mm-hmm. you know and and anything that you can get via a microtransaction is 100 percent earnable in the game yep right which is something that uh took destiny a long time to get to and still is not 100 percent there there's still certain items you can only purchase with real money yes um, you know, and that's still, that's still a point of contention with the community. It's like, yeah. uh, you know, the first one that really pissed everyone off was an, uh, an Iron Banner emote. emote. <laughs> it was $10. It's dope. It's an Iron Lord emote. It came out when Iron Banner came out. But it was purchased everyone, only. And it was purchased only. And everyone mm-hmm. was like, why can't, why, why not make this like tier 100 or, t- you know, whatever, like make it like a hundred, tiers to get this emote. People would grind the crap out of Iron Banner yeah. to get to it, you yep. know? And if you don't want to grind, just let me buy it for $10. Like, that's the perfect model. That's, like, the perfect model. Let me earn it if I don't want to spend the money. Mm-hmm. Give me something to chase. And if I don't want to chase it, I just want it right now, pay $10. I guarantee they would have sold more. They would sell so much more if they had that model of go earn it or buy it now. Yes. You know? Because
0: there will be people who won't buy it because they can, they they only have to. And there are people who can't grind it, so they won't get it. But if you give both options, you're just going to end up rewarding the community in the long run. And I think Absolutely. that's something that Warframe's figured out. Being a free-to-play model, but everything is purchasable. And I think that you got to be careful with that too, because you know the, the Warframe is a perfect example of a game that you can pay power for. You spend real money. You can buy uh, additional um, additional Warframes. You can buy you know platinum that you can use to buy powerful mods on the on the trade market. Um, and, and the only reason that model really works is because Warframe is a free-to-play game. So it's, you know, it's a free-to-play game, but it's an MMO, you know, it's a looter shooter that you can buy everything that you don't have to really loot for. Uh, yeah,
1: that's, that's very interesting. Uh, I know there's a, there's a documentary out there somewhere. I know um, Professor Bromance talked about it a couple times, uh, about the history of, uh, you know, the developer of Warframe. And, yeah. uh, like, it's very interesting that that game is, is thriving and doing extremely well A free-to-play game, Mm -hmm. and it makes me, and and very, very similar to Fortnite, uh, Battle Royale. You know, it's a free-to-play game, and they've, they've, you know, struck a gold mine with the skins and the battle pass. yeah. Yeah, people are throwing money at the screen, and they're making billions of dollars off of skins. Yep. And as you were just saying, Warframe obviously has figured it out as well, and are, are obviously providing free content right free updates free dlc um and and they've they've cracked the code so it makes you wonder why aren't more companies duplicating this Mm -hmm. why aren't more companies you know going hey uh let's let's figure out what this game company did and try to duplicate that right now i'm not saying that they 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 aren't there 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 could be a dozen games right now in development that all have that that model in in in, uh Mm -hmm. in thought Right. But I think the the I think the overall like quick grab is like, well, if we we still have a 60 dollar price tag on it, you know, we'll make a few million dollars on day one.
0: Right. Well, there's a and and the big difference between um, between that is both Epic and Warframe are produced and develop the game. So so digital digital extremes is the publisher and the studio. The same thing with Epic publishes and and develops. Uh, Fortnite, So they have a little bit more creative control to say, well, it's okay if we don't make as much on day one because in the long one, you know, run, this projection will make us more money. Um, and I think that a lot of publishers, i.e. Blizzard, Activision, they look at that and they think, oh, no, 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 no. I'm not giving you $100 million for you to say I'm giving this game away for free on day one.
1: Right. No, that makes sense. That absolutely makes sense. But and I agree. I think, I think it's
0: a great model. I I like the model of... Um, it's the mobile model. It's, Hey, you want to play this? Cool. Play it, go for it. But you want to do anything beyond, you know, certain amount of content. Well, that you're going to pay for. And you know, you want to play for, you want a new slot. Cool. You're going to pay for it or you're going to work for 50 hours to get it. Um, I just, I think you have to be careful with that model. And I think Warframe is a weird game that works because it works when it shouldn't. You, in theory, a looter shooter where you can go out and pretty much buy everything in the game, is uh, kind of a an oxymoron, and it's a game that I think only strives because and 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 does well because it's done well for so long and has such a big community and a very like it's like a cult game. It's like you know, Fight Club wasn't successful in the movie theater, but now it's this huge cult fandom behind it. Um, the same could be said for for Warframe. It was. Digital extremes was literally going under from a failed game and they needed to get something out in order to keep afloat. And they put together this, you know, this weird concept of a looter shooter where they could put money in and they could make money off of it right away. And that was what Warframe turned out to be. And it's evolved into this, you know, giant, I mean, especially for a new player who goes into Warframe, Warframe is a very daunting task to jump into as a, as a new player. Um, because there's just so much and there's not, there's a really big learning curve to it. Um, but it's one of those games that it shouldn't exist. It shouldn't work. It does because it just happens to, it's kind of one of those luck of the draws. It just happened to work.
1: Yeah, that's crazy. And and like I said, I I think it's fantastic. I think it's awesome. I think that, um, it proves, like I said, it proves the model that you can make a game, put it out there for free. And if the game is good, if the content is good, then people will give you money because they want more of it. Mm hmm. You know, they understand yeah. there's there's smart people out there that know that it's a business and, and they, they understand how it works. And they're like, oh, yeah, well, you know, here you go. And then, they're, you know, then there's always going to be the other people that are just like, whatever, dude, I just want the game for free. I don't want to pay you any money. You know, yes. So the, it goes both ways. And,
0: and going back. So going back to one of your, your earlier comments about, you know, the cosmetics only or no loot boxes. So the game has zero loot boxes. Loot boxes are not a thing. So if you do spend real money, you always know what you're getting. The microtransactions are only cosmetic based. So there is no power locked behind. Uh monetization so you can't buy power you can't buy additional javelins right now you can't um you can't buy weapons the only thing you can buy are skins color palettes armor pieces that are cosmetic only which i think is great i think that's the right monicum i have no problem spending real money on something if i know what i'm getting it's the loot box um the loot box mentality that kind of drives me bonkers because it's, like, great. And, and it's funny. We, we talked about this, actually, back when, you know, I was playing Destiny a lot. At one point, I think I spent $100 on cosmetics because I kept having to re-roll because I wanted a certain set set of gear, and I couldn't get it. <laughs> it just kept yep. not dropping. And I, $100 later, I finally got it. And, but it took $100. Like, I spent more at that point than the game and all the DLC content just for that one piece of armor because I wanted it, not because... I wanted to spend a hundred dollars or i had a problem it was i wanted this so i guess i'm just going to keep getting it you know buying until i get it but uh right
1: which which as a consumer pisses you off yes. right because you're because you're like i just spent all that money on some cosmetics that in six months are going to be useless anyways right. right um but as obviously a business model you're like that's genius right if it, oh, it's yeah. a slot machine it's a slot machine yeah and and, and the same thing goes for games House like overwatch wins. well yeah exactly right it's the same as like a game like Overwatch, which the yeah. same thing, right? That you, you buy the game, you play the game and the you, you as you play the game, you earn these loot boxes and the loot boxes are just our cosmetics, right? Mm-hmm. Skins for your for your uh, characters, voice lines, tags, sprays, yep. whatever. But you can go and put real money in and spin the wheel and see if you can earn those now, mm-hmm. right? And then they also you there's in game currency that allows you to buy just the skins that you want, right? um you know direct direct to buy um so there's there's multiple paths there and i think that's another good model of like okay i can just play the game and eventually earn this mm-hmm. or i can you know purchase it now or i can try my luck and buy these loot boxes so there's do- there's definitely mo- um, multiple ways and i think you said the best it's that mobile model that works yep right the game is free to download i can play the game anytime i want as much as i want but if i want to speed progress if i want to you know because that's the whole point. You're playing this game while you're sitting, uh, you know, at a gas station or, or or a doctor's appointment, and you all run all of a sudden you run out of hearts. And you're like, I need more hearts. I need more gems. Crap, ninety nine cents. Oh, that's nothing. Ding. You know, and you get more hearts. And you start playing the game more, and then you know, a couple of days later, you're in the same scenario. You're like, Oh, I, I I'm so close to beating this level. I need. I just need a little more of this. Dollar, no problem. Ding. Yep. You know, and then you 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 extrapolate that for a whole year, and you end up spending like twenty to fifty dollars. Yeah on a, on a quote-unquote free game. Yep. And that's how these companies are making money.
0: Mm-hmm. A perfect example is Pokemon Go. When Pokemon Go came out, I remember it came out like the weekend before I went to a concert. And it was an outdoor concert uh, in the middle of the downtown area. So I'm I'm there, I'm playing, and I run out of Pokeballs. And it, it happened multiple times throughout that weekend where I was like, oh, 99 cents here, 4.99 here, 19.99 there, because I needed, I wanted to keep playing, and I couldn't keep playing unless I bought more Pokeballs. And it was mm-hmm. a perfect example of like, that model works when it's executed correctly. And when the content backs it,
1: one of the other nice things
0: about, um, Anthem is the entire first year, all additional content within the first year is free. So once it flips over to live after the gold launch, um, there won't be like six months of content and then DLC one. And then three months later, DLC two, um, there, the entire first year will have no DLC. It'll all be, or it'll have DLC, but it'll be free. They're going to continuously put out content for free for the first year, uh, with no additional charges, which I think is great. Um, I think that's something they learned from watching games like the division, um, destiny 2. you know, things where that, that model of oh, cool. You paid this. And now it's, you've only been playing for three months and now it's time for you to pony up again. Um, doesn't work. I will say, I think Bungie's onto something with the annual pass model. I think that works really well. Um, and it wouldn't surprise me if we see something along those lines with, um, with Anthem, uh, down the road when they finally get to a point where they start doing DLC content, um, I would imagine it'll be something similar of like a, 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 year's worth of content all at once versus, um, just like, Oh, $20 a 20. Oh, you just spent that. Here's an ask. Give me another $20. Oh, three months ago you spent that. Give me another $20. I feel like people don't like that model because it feels like they're never really getting their money's worth with content. If you say hundred bucks, I'm giving you a whole year's worth of content. Here's the, the progression map. Here's what that's going to look like. Okay, cool. That's worth a hundred dollars. Sure. Um, so I think that'll be interesting to see what the uh, the DLC expansion content looks like after the first year because I'm I'm curious about that model and and how much EA monkeys with it with b- between the launch and then the time of we get to that point of where they have to start talking about releasing it.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I I'm with you on that. Like, I know I hate I hate the fact that we keep going back to this, but like the way Bungie's doing the annual pass now. Mm-hmm. Well, I like that model of like here's thirty five dollars. I know exactly what I'm getting for the, well, for the most part, you know what you're getting, right? You're getting a yep. years of the content, three content drops. There's a calendar with all of it marked on the day, on the calendar, like this day, this day, this day. Like, I like that model. 100% like that model versus like a poster that says coming spring 14. And it's like a name mm-hmm. and you're like, what am I getting? What's inside what you know what, what? And then you get a trailer and then the game comes out or the DLC comes out, you know, yep. Um. so I, I definitely like that model as well. And I also think that that what you were saying about it being broken up into pieces, um, is also where people get into the like, um, they they held back this content. Yes, right? Like I'm paying for content that should have been in the game already. Like mm-hmm. we had this this this, this debate uh, last night on on another podcast. and it's like you know people in chat were saying that you're you're they're the recycling content making me pay for it again. And it's like how do you how do you say? how do you think? I'm like, because the way I look at it, right? Black armory the most recent DLC for Destiny 2. Is a different storyline mm-hmm. so how is that recycled content or how how is that site how is that content that should have been in the original story that had nothing to do with the forsaken story right um and then they you know they 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 kind of come back like, oh well the, the the guns the last word and this this gun and this gun i'm like you mean one exotic <laughs> with, um, among among all this other new content you're getting that one that one gun oh guess what that goes with the story too because it's you're reforging the weapon with the new like i'm like you know it, it goes along with the you have to like to the the nitty gritty details of it of why they're doing what they're doing they're not just they're not just doing it for the money obviously there's a there's a money like the fact that they put last word into the dlc makes people want to buy the dlc yeah because they want that last word. It's incentive it's incentive 100 Mm -hmm. and so i i think that's where people get that mentality of like um because they broke it up oh this is this should have been in the game already whereas with what you're saying with anthem is saying they're just saying here's what you're getting when you buy this game boom 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 right? We're broken up and give you some new content drops throughout the year. A because it keeps things nice and fresh and keeps coming back and B because maybe we don't have it all done yet. You know, like right. that, you know, that's gives you time to work on stuff. So I definitely like the, that model better.
0: Yeah. So I want to talk, I want to touch on two more points and maybe a third, if we have time. Um, the first is end game and what end game is going to look like. And the second is customization. So end game, um, once you've completed what's known as the critical path. So that's the, your main story, your main campaign, um, you've gotten to the point where you're finished with the the main the main content. You're out of main. You're out of your critical path. Now you're into end game. End game in Anthem is gonna have two initial like uh, avenues at the at launch. Uh, the first is what's called legendary contracts. Those are basically like bounty hunt missions where you're you're giving out contracts. Um, you didn't really play Monster Hunter, but it sounds like very Monster Hunter esque where you're given a target to go complete. You know either kill this this beast or kill this you know this environmental thing what this type of enemy and then it's very difficult it requires a lot of collaboration and teamwork um, and then you're heavily rewarded for it and the second is strongholds which are strongholds are kind of like a not a, necessarily a raid because they only take a full four people um, but they are they're a very post gamey strike um, heavy end game activity that you explore this cave, this stronghold area. There are different levels to it. You know, there's a boss usually at the end, there are multiple waves of enemies throughout it. So that's going to be the initial end game at launch. So I am curious in terms of how long it takes them for the, how long it takes them to add additional end game activities, because I will tell you that's a big problem with Warframe and, and a lot of the veteran players will talk about how there isn't enough for end game. Um, and, you know, how difficult are they actually going to be? Do they say they're really difficult and then we go out and we can actually like beat them on day one and suddenly there's no end game content and we're we're stuck or are they actually very difficult and it's going to take several times before you really go through and, and granted, yes, it's a looter shooter. So the point is repetition because you want to keep grinding, you grind these higher end activities, you're getting better loot, you're getting random rolls, you're getting new drops. Um, but how sustainable are those pieces of end game content?
1: yeah i mean end game is always in games like this rpgs mmos like the end game is everything and um yep. you know i i i play another game called escape from tarkov and that's kind of its main identity crisis right now is what's the end game for tarkov right um because you know when you first boot up the game uh you know you're you're given a certain amount of equipment and you have access to the this now six maps and you have tasks that you can go out and complete but if you complete all your tasks and you have all your vendors your, your dealers to maximum uh, uh experience max max level and you've got a stash full of guns and armor and everything the only thing left to do is just pvp which pvp in itself can be end game right games there's there's entire games built on pvp mm-hmm. like overwatch rainbow six siege where that's literally all you do yep so at that point, it becomes down to com- compet- uh, competition, right? So like, some kind of ladder system, which they are in- implementing in there. Mm-hmm. But like, but like, there's nothing else there. Once you've hit that plateau of like, I've I've maxed out all my vendors, done my traders, and I've got so much gear and loot that I really don't care if I lose anything because I got like, you know, a billion dollars in the bank. Right. Like, there's nothing else there. Yeah. Whereas a looter shooter like this, I feel like there's always something for you to chase because mm-hmm. there's always that piece of gear or that weapon that That you can get just a better role yeah exactly and that's where that you know rng comes into place that people love to to complain about uh you know pray to RNG's that they get this thing with this specific role or you know and so i think that uh it's very important i think the end game is going to define this game um you know well beyond you know the 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 casuals and the big streamers and content creators that just play a game to, to to cover it you know get the hype built off of mm-hmm. it and then they move on to another game. You know, they'll move on and they'll leave um uh you know once the campaign's done and right. once everything's uh you know done whereas the the hardcore gamers and the ones that are like really um you know excited about this and have devoted a lot of time and en- energy into the lore and the community such as Reddit and the wiki and that sort of thing, you know they'll play this game much much longer but again that end game is what's going to define it.
0: Yep. I agree. Um, so yeah, we'll have to see cause, cause Anthem is a, it's a Borderlands-esque. There's no PVP, at least not at launch. They've said multiple times on Twitter, there will be no PVP at launch, which means they are at this current point exploring avenues for some type of PVP system. Um, which I think could honestly be really interesting. Cause I think, uh, javelin dogfights would be really cool. Um, so I, I would love to see like, some form of you know pvp element because i think it could make for an interesting gameplay um but so yeah so there will be no pvp at launch so it's it's purely pve um and then the the last piece i really want to touch on for for today for right now for at least this run of it is cosmetic or is a customization um did you get a chance to see any of the the more detailed customization pieces with with how that works
1: no, um, I didn't, but okay. I've seen a lot of like tweets uh, and and like photos of how you can completely change colors of pieces, and there's like yes. themes, like um, because the crew that's making the company that's uh, the, the developer that's making this is the one that made Mass Effect, correct?
0: That's that's right. Yep.
1: So I think someone shared like um, a javelin that had like the, the, N7, the theme. Yes, this yep. N7 theme. Yes, the N7 theme was like that's cool, man. Like they're yeah. gonna be doing that kind of stuff. And I love what I love that Warframe does stuff like that, where it's like there's themes and there's these skins, and then you can customize them on top of that. Yes. Um, so if, if Anthem's going down that path, I think they they're gonna that's another home run. I think mm-hmm. that's another a uh, piece of like being able to customize your javelin yeah. is something that like a game like Destiny lacks, yep. right? You don't really get that customization. The customization is you know?
0: boring. It's it's yeah. boring. Like yeah, you can add shaders and that's cool, but there's no uniqueness to it. It's all the same. And I think that's one of the things that if you talk to any any post main game warframe player, they will joke that fashion frame is the end game and the reality yeah. is that's true you want to yeah. have the best looking warframe you want it to have the most you know unique armor pieces and the best you know color schemes and what what excites me about anthem because I'm very much that person I want my my javelin my warframe whatever to look flashy I want it to have you know specific themes to the color palettes how that works. Anthem takes it a step further in every piece can be customized in terms of a material or a metal. So you could have like a texture or you could have a metal in every different piece. And those different textures react different differently to different color palettes. So if you have like, let's say you have your Cape and your, your Cape as a storm is cloth. Well, you can go through and change that Cape to metal. And suddenly you've got this like shiny aluminum Cape that has a whole new palette of metallic colors uh, that completely interact differently than the, the texturized palette you previous had. It is, every, every individual piece is customizable, much like Warframe. Um, there are, there's an entire color wheel, um, so you can have pretty much every color you want available, and there are different textures and types of materials that alter the way those those colors um, interact with, with the, the frame itself, and I think that's really cool
1: oh wow yeah that's that's awesome and that's another thing too with a new ip like this you know you mentioned earlier in the in the the cast you know like something fresh something new mm-hmm. a, a new spin on something um not necessarily just copying I, a lot of people again like the you know why doesn't Bungie just do it like this why don't they do it like that game why don't why isn't it like yep. this you know it'd be great if they just did it like that right remember when halo did this why don't they bring that back it's like it's a new game new and, ip and yep new IP and who knows the guy that did that thing back in Halo may not even be working for Bungie anymore like yep. you know like there's all he these might very be resi- EA on Anthem. yeah exactly exactly <laughs> um but I think it's I think it's great if, if uh you know if Anthem's got this fresh new cosmetic style and you know again when you're creating something brand new like this you kind of get to take bits and pieces of you know the best things and kind of like Put it into yours.
0: EA and Bioware are in such an amazing position position with this game because they're launching a new IP. So they're not going off of previous opinions on it. You know, they don't have this isn't the launch of, of Anthem 2, where they have this, this expectation of what the game's gonna look and now they've made all these big changes. Um, however, they're launching this in a market where there are games out there that have done things really well and there are games and developers out there that have done things very poorly. And they've tweeted this before that they're very much aware of what the market is right now. They are paying attention to things that people like. They're paying attention to the problems that other developers are having, um, other studios are having with content, with uh, monetization. Like, they are very much aware of it. And it puts them in a unique place to. That would be, to me, the only thing that might quote unquote kill whatever ex current looter shooter on the market is the fact that, yes, Warframe's coming, in, or Warframe, Anthem's coming into the game a little late. But because of that, they have an opportunity to do something potentially way better, and really kind oh, of, oh yeah, really kind of you know pass the the current market trend because we've seen how the problem you know they've seen everyone's seen the problems that you know Destiny Two had at launch and, and you know continues to occasionally have here and there with with the community and with content. Um, the same thing with the division. The division was a nightmare at launch. It had it had no balancing. It had tons of glitches. Um, So they have a really unique opportunity to launch this new IP in a space where most of their competitors are either phasing out their current game, i.e. Division. So it's going to launch before Division 2, which puts it in a good spot. And their other competitors are not necessarily in a market to compete at the moment. So I wouldn't say that Destiny's in a place where it's ready to compete with another strong IP. It's just now back to a point of the franchise is where we want it to be again. You know, it's, it's more community focused and less, less, you know, publisher focused. Um, so I, I think that that puts EA at a very unique driver's seat in the firms that or in terms that if, if they do this well, It could very much become the top looter shooter on the market purely because there's currently a gap in the lane. You know, you got one car moving to the left, one car moving to the right. There's a small opening that if they get this out and it launches well and they maintain it, they could very easily take the market on it.
1: Oh, I I, I agree. I mean, you know, the number one most requested game probably right now in this genre is Borderlands 3. Yep. Right. It, it, everyone compares oh, Destiny. Really me. Everyone compares Destiny to, to Borderlands. Right. Yeah. And Borderlands is like uh, and, and I wonder how much of that personally, because I, I I played a little bit of Borderlands 2. I, I created two characters. I ran through, uh, you know, I don't know, maybe half the story, mm-hmm. Um, you know, did not play it a lot. And I was late to the game. Right. So I don't have this nostalgia. I don't have this like memories of playing the game for years. Like I do Destiny. I don't know how much of Borderlands like, is nostalgia and rose-colored glasses like looking back going oh man it was such a good game like um like half-life right w- when people ask me what my favorite games were you know favorite games of all time blah blah, blah like I, you know I, I think about like um GoldenEye with the mm-hmm. nintendo 64 that was the first person first first person shooter I ever played that played multiplayer and i fell in love with that genre yeah but i i played it a couple years ago and guess what it's dog it shit It
0: looks like a shooter from the 90s
1: <laughs> because, yeah, you, you have one joystick that moves and aims like yep. it's a horrible game for today. Right. So like, let's leave it in the past and let's talk about it as like, oh, that was such a great game back in the day when I was, you know, 13. Yeah. Like, I wonder how much of that is. like people still play Borderlands 2 today. I know that I know the hunts getting happen to get ready to happen mm-hmm. right now. But like. Like people compare it to Borderlands and and, and use Borderlands as the as the um as the bar uh, as the bar. Yeah. Yep. And so. I I think you you just like definitely put something on the table saying Anthem could be the new bar. Yes. I think that if they they hit all the cylinders and and nail every aspect of it. Now, granted, here's we're only going off of gameplay and what we're hearing. Yeah. Until we actually play the game and see how the mechanics work, see how loot drops, there's going to be follies. There's going to be issues. There's going to be things we don't like. 100%. Like we have anticipation. And then here's the other thing too. Everyone, if you're in, if you've been following along with Anthem, you're, Probably pretty hyped about it, right? Mm -hmm. I know you are. You specifically are very hyped for it. I'm very excited. You, you are getting these these expectations, and you're super excited about it, just like you have in the past with other games. You play it, and then you're like, "Oh, this is not right. Not what I was expecting. Mm -hmm. This is not what I was thinking." And then you're like, it bursts your bubble, and you're like, all that hype is like, you know out yep. the out the out the window yeah and um so there's there's definitely a um it's it's, it's a it's a teeter-totter and like it's definitely either...
0: on bioware to live up to that expectation because they they are working very hard to create that level of anticipation because they're behind in the market they're releasing this in a very you know current you know slightly saturated looter shooter market um they are like I said, they're, they're in the backseat at this point with a chance to take the lead if they do well, but that's a lot of pressure. And I think that that will, I mean, ultimately, that is going to be the tell. Um, I do know um, people who shall not be named because, you know, otherwise I'd be giving out people who broke NDA. But I, I am aware of people who have played the alpha, um, who have given me their behind-the-scenes feelings on it. And I will tell you all of the people that I talked to, the results were very positive. There were definitely things that need to be worked on things that need to be balanced and tweaked, but the initial, um, initial feelings based on the fact that this is an alpha and it launched an alpha was, um, or that they were playing just an alpha build at the time. It wasn't even like a refined piece of, of game content were very, very positive. So that's, that's a good, it's a good lead up and I think a, a really good example which is why I'm probably not going to touch anthem on the podcast again until after next weekend because next weekend is the launch of the the VIP demo um, as a as a origin premier member you know I'll be able to access that um, and that'll be my first chance to get to play the game but for everyone who even played the Alpha it's the first chance to see all four classes because in the Alpha uh, I believe only the Colossus and the Ranger were available to play. And so this is the first time they've released to the public the ability to play all four of the classes. So that will be a really good, again, level of expectation set. Of yeah, I I didn't, I
1: didn't. I said I haven't played it yet. I haven't, hadn't had a chance Mm -hmm. to. to...
0: Yeah, no, I agree. I think that, uh, I think that's ultimately, you know, we're at the point where like my hype has reached the point where I it can't go anywhere until I get a chance to play it. But uh, but that is going to uh, do look, it. I'm really
1: looking forward to it.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Technical difficulties. We may have lost Clintus. Welcome to a live podcast, guys. This happens. Uh, I want to thank Clintus for being on today. Uh, the, the podcast has been incredible. Um, I'm going to make sure to link all of his content below in the um, – in the in the in the podcast links, make sure you please go subscribe to him on YouTube, follow him on Twitch. If you've got Twitch Prime and you want to subscribe, make sure you use it. Um, the guy's incredible. He's a great pal, a great friend, an awesome creator. Um, thank you to Clint for being on today. Thank you guys for listening. Um, and until the next time, McParty on. Talk soon.